Broadcasting live. Weekday morning, this is listener-supported One Radio Network. Well, here we go with our second show for today. I should get over to... No, I don't get paid anyway. Um, <laughs> I didn't get a paycheck this week. I, I'm just making making silly. Thank you for your support. I am able to make my house payment because you all support me. So thank you very much. You buy our products and send in donations and... I don't know. Every month the house payment gets paid. We do it. So it just keeps working. So so thank you very much. We appreciate it. My name is Patrick Timpone. It is May 10th, my mom's birthday. She's on the in the other realms, but I'm talking to her this morning. Happy birthday, Mom. I If she was still on the body, she'd be like 105. I think she left at 95. She had a, she had a very nice run and took care of, uh, can you imagine, seven children, my mom, Italian, seven kids. And every day, we went to a Catholic school. I call it Our Lady of Perpetual Payments, but wasn't the real name. <laughs> and we had to wear blue pants and white shirts, and the girls had to wear blue jumpers and white blouses, right? One of those. And every day, Seven kids for, what, 20 years or so, we had clean blue pants and what, can you imagine? And then she she cooked, I'm gonna start crying, then she cooked and uh, cleaned the house and kept us out of trouble. I mean, amazing person. And you know, there was not one day when she was sick. My mom used to say, you know, I'm, I can't get sick, I just don't have the time. And she stayed well because she didn't believe in germs. <laughs> she didn't believe in getting sick. So God love you, Mom. What a great what a great experience I had as a kid. So speaking of not getting sick, um, I think my mom, uh, um, Mike Stone, I think my mom knew there wasn't any germs. She just, she knew somehow, right? She knew. I think so. It sounds like it was uh, innate and within her. And, and yeah. happy birthday yeah, to happy, your mom. Happy birthday to mom, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, back I, I then, think a lot of the people in those they, that that generation they knew. You know, they they had their old remedies. They had you know sure. the things that worked to to get over a cold. I I, I think um, this idea of the germ theory was really thrust upon them and kind of forced onto them. And then the later generations are the one who adopted it. Yes, sir. Do you know, Mike? Yeah, I grew up in the fifties. Uh, great school in the fifties, um, and nobody had a doctor. I mean, we didn't have a doctor. I mean, nobody talked about having a doctor. Seriously. I mean, we just didn't, you know. Um, and then um, nobody talked about cancer or heart right. disease or or anything. Isn't that amazing? Or auto, a, autoimmune, autoimmune all this stuff. Autism, all these things that are more prevalent now. Like ever since the 1980s, it's like it's just been an explosion. Wow. And somehow people believe that we have this healthier society when we're more you know we're chronically ill we have diseases that we never had in the past so it just makes you wonder how this system is actually working it's it's working for the pharmaceutical companies it's not working for the people the people are all these things made up mike stone all the autoimmune all this stuff well, I mean, the, the the symptoms and and everything are real. Obviously, people are suffering from from various uh, symptoms of disease. But what you really look into these, like uh, you know, for instance, polio, 
you know, they, they claimed I was eradicated, but they just took the same symptoms and gave them different names. They, they typically will either uh, break it apart. It became acute flaccid myeliitis yeah. or, yeah, um, yeah uh, there, there's, I can't think of them off the top of my head, like encephalitis is one of them. There, there's multiple different diseases that it branched off into. I mean, even smallpox was, you know, eradicated by vaccines, but then you have chicken pox and monkey pox and uh, all these different poxes that are basically the same symptoms of disease. They've just given them different names and claim that it's caused by a different virus. And so uh, it's, it's all creates the illusion that there's progress in some of these areas, but those symptoms don't disappear. People still suffer from them. And all these poxes, poxes my understanding, and Cowan and you have talked about it in the Baileys, that these are detoxification pathways. That's what they are. You don't catch anything. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, a way that your body is, is trying to rid itself of uh, toxins that we typically build up through exposures, environmental exposures, or what we're putting into our bodies, you know, mm-hmm. nutritionally. If we're eating the wrong foods, if we're, we're not eating organic foods, or we got a lot of, you know, different pesticides and, and different things like that that we're consuming, if we're not drinking the right type of water, you know, if it's, you know, contaminated with, uh, those forever forever chemicals or yeah. you know the the fluoride and, and chlorine and all that stuff uh, people are you know ingesting pharmaceuticals or, or different drugs and alcohol so you're you're what you're doing is you're creating disease within yourself um you express those symptoms when your body tries to clear itself of these toxins and then you get you go to a doctor and they blame a virus or a bacteria they don't look at what you're doing throughout your life that led to those symptoms expressing themselves. Mm-hmm. And so then they give you a medication, you suppress those symptoms, you might feel fine for a little bit, and then you eventually have even worse symptoms. Do it again. We're talking with Mike Stone. He has been in the forefront along with the, the usual suspects that we've all had on. You've heard about the Lankas, Cowans, Coffins, Vomers, um, John Paul Lando, um, the Baileys, and, and, and a, a growing number, right, of people that are into this idea of like, where is this virus, right? <laughs> Show me the virus. And you've been working on a project uh, with Alex Zach and uh, um, the way forward, and you guys are gonna do all, put forth a whole, talk, talk about this project you've been working on. It sounds yeah. pretty exciting, yeah. It's, it's very exciting. I mean, it's been in the planning stages for a while, I believe, if I remember correctly, it started around November. It's the, it's the, you know, the work of Alex Zach. It's his brilliant brain. His mind came up with uh, the idea to do a virtual summit, uh, just bringing together uh, people from all different areas. You, you'll have the usuals like Dr. Kaufman, Dr. Cowan, the Baileys, all these people. But there's a lot of other people um, that have been, uh, you know, preaching against the germ theory and virology and pointing out the flaws in this theory that maybe don't get the recognition or, or the platform to speak out. And so you're going to hear a lot of different voices. Um, and there, there are different panels, different discussions. So you, you might see like four or five people on a panel discussing a topic, like whether it's, uh, you know, utilizing the scientific method, uh, the history of virology and, and germ theory. Uh, I've, I've done one on uh, the, you know, the theoretical antibodies, whether they exist or not, or what they're, hmm. you know, what they really mean, these, these tests and uh, 
we've looked at electron microscope images and what they're actually seeing or what their wow. if it's a valid evidence for wow. a virus i mean it covers a lot of ground so um the ones that i've been involved in with have been amazing i've heard great things about the other sessions and there's about 88 sessions i believe give or take there may be more um and uh, it's going to release june this 20th it's going to start on june 20th and it's called yep. the end of covid.com people can look at that yep. and you sign up for it and maybe pay a little thing to help pay for the production or something yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not exactly sure what what the what the charge is sure. but it's um it's going to be yeah it starts june 20th you can go to the website i believe the website is live right now and you can sign up uh put an email in and they'll they'll give you alerts to the upcoming events and everything just to keep you informed but it's a pretty massive undertaking but it's it's exciting to be a part of this because like you said it's a growing movement there's a lot of voices that are speaking out and you know right now we're seeing you know with the official declaration of covid the emergency ending yeah i believe it's tomorrow yeah i think so uh, that's, yeah that's, i think so yeah may 11th i know the world health organization already declared the public health emergency over last week or something like that and um but you know we're at this point where we're in a lull you know so so to speak it seems like they're allowing us to kind of get back to normal <laughs> a little bit so it's time to take advantage of that and get the message out there and, and wake up as many people as possible so that they just can't do this again because they're going to try they're, they they you look through these headlines or, or these stories and you know tedros is saying we you need to look at the scars of COVID and, and know that there's going to be upcoming emerging uh, threats and pandemics going and even stronger and bigger that, ones. Yeah. 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 Exactly. The, the virus is going to mutate and evolve. So we always have to be vigilant and that's just, yeah, they, they're not going to let it go. And so that's why you all, you all, we say that in Texas, you all think that um, this is so, believe it's so important that, until the germ theory myth is disposed of, they're never going to stop, right? Because there's always going to be another germ. There's always going to be another germ. Yeah, I mean, just look at what they've been throwing out there recently. I, I believe we talked about the uh, uh, the avian flu uh, last time. You know, they've been keeping that threat alive. Now they're seeing us jumping to dogs, which could potentially jump to humans. Um, they always have these these ways for these viruses to jump from species to species without evidence of that actually happening. Um, the one of the fun ones I saw recently was the strawberry hepatitis A. Oh no! You know that, oh, that sounds good. People, yeah, definitely. <laughs> we eat some strawberries, get some hepatitis A. <laughs> they're, they're basically saying because five people came down with symptoms of hepatitis A and ate organic strawberries, so they linked. It to the strawberries there are no tests nothing showing that the strawberries had any sort of virus on them they just assumed it and then pulled and recalled all these strawberries based on five people who had symptoms of liver poisoning probably for other reasons that weren't investigated so do you think this is going to be one of the waves forward too with this whole thing with the food supply i mean we mm -hmm. talked uh, and we're going to talk more um to other people about this mRNA vaccines for cows and chickens and pigs yep. and stuff. But in your opinion, is that even a viable conversation? Is this just more fear porn? Well, I think it's, yeah, I think it's a mixture of fear porn, but I mean, 
they they've been poisoning our food supply for, for years, forever. Right? So yeah, for years. Yeah, it's not it's nothing new. They they might use that. You know, they're. I've had some people come and ask me like, is this something that they're gonna you know inject the mRNA into the animals and then we're gonna eat it and get it in us? Well, if they could do that, they wouldn't have you know had us go through the vaccine in the first place. They just would have been doing this to the animals from the start if that's what they wanted yeah, to get the right. mRNA into us. Yes, sir. So. And yeah, I, it's uh, yeah, I agree with you. And we had a Darko Velchek on yesterday, and he is a veterinarian, trained veterinarian, knows a lot about animals. And he he said yesterday very clearly they've been vaccinating animals forever, you know, exactly. and, and we don't get it. He said they they detox just like we do, and most of them are yep. given to baby cows when they're I don't know, just like baby baby babies. He said I wouldn't worry about it. He said, you know, I mean, look at we've all been eating meat and chicken and eggs. And, what, for 50 years and we're not dead? I mean, come on. Exactly. I, I, the best thing you can do if you're, if you're concerned about that is just try to eat as clean and as organic sure. as you can. Right. Right. But, mm. you know, you can't sit there and stress about every little thing. I think a big part of what they want is people to be afraid because when you're afraid, you're easier to control. And uh, to me, that's the, the underlining theme of all this is how, how can they keep us in a constant state of fear? Yeah. And, and when you're in a constant state of fear, that in and of itself can affect your health, oh. which drives you to their yeah. system and to get their poisons to keep you even more sick. And it just keeps this whole sick cycle going. I agree. I think well said. And I think that when you keep people in fear, like, like people say, well, you, you know, we're eating grass fed beef, but maybe we're going to get this stuff from the mRNA thing. Um, just that thought is not good to have hanging around your house, isn't it? I mean, you eat hamburger and you think about that. That's not good. <laughs> not, no, no, exactly. Then, not, then you're just constantly worrying about every little thing that could potentially. Well, I mean, it's good to be aware, but you can't be afraid of everything that they say that they can do. I mean, just even the mRNA technology in and of itself, that it's not proven. It's unproven what, you know, they, they have this whole story that they inject you with you know, the mRNA and then your body can produce the spike protein and then, uh, you know, the antibody react or the immune system reacts to that and stuff like that. That's all theoretical. They've never actually proven never it. Proven. It's just a story that they've created. Yeah. So, so let's so, so let's dig into that a little bit. So mRNA, that meme has been used because it got hooked up with the injections, right? With the injections. Yeah. And what is... Yeah. But so then they... They seem to have catapulted that and put that into a a what I believe is fear-based porn about going into the cows, and they're using the mRNA as the fear factor, right? Oh yeah, yeah, and I mean it gives them uh, an excuse to like if people continue to get sick or, or you know start expressing symptoms later on, they can use well it must have been the cows getting the disease and and people were getting it from just like they do with the strawberries, you know. People mm. are eating strawberries, coming down with liver. Oh, it must be the hepatitis A that was on the, the strawberries. Well, if you're going after the cows and you're saying that they can get sick with this thing, so they need to be vaccinated for it, if, if they are actually poisoning these cows and we're eating it and can potentially get poisoned from that, you know, it's just another way that they can blame on a, an imaginary pathogen. But I don't think, I don't even think if you eat it, it, it could potentially harm you because, like I said, if they if that was the case, they would have been doing it from the start. They wouldn't be... Yeah, they would just put it all in the food supply and just be done with it, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, I, I became suspicious when about a month ago, every website on the plant on the earth 
was talking about this mRNA in the animals and you gotta be afraid. I mean, when I saw that, Mike Stone, I go, no, there's something's up with this, right? Somebody put out a memo, and I don't know who they are. Do you, do you, do you think that I'm close? Oh, definitely. I think they, I mean, they did that with anytime you see, and I, there's certain sites that are allowed to, to go through these kind of uh, headlines of fear porn, like you said, headlines. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're allowed to present this story, like, like the whole gain of function stuff, you know, uh, that was getting thrown out there by a lot of alternative sites and people are trying to deal. create fear that they have the ability to create these viruses in a lab or that it leaked and escaped and you know that's kind of the, the fringe of the alternate theories but they're they are allowing that out there to keep people afraid and and believing in this ability not only that viruses exist but that we can go in there and you know play with we them we can make anything them. Yeah, we can make anything yeah we yeah. can make them much more toxic and, and and when you really look into these studies the sustained fraudulent studies they're just playing around with cell cultures and claiming <laughs> that there's a virus in these cultures that they then inject it in natural ways into animals. And so, yeah, if you, you know, inject something into an animal and it dies, that's not even a natural route of exposure, first of all. Like, no no animal is going around getting injected out in the wild and coming down with disease. So it's unscientific just in that regard. But one of the recent ones was this Boston study where they claimed that they had, you know, genetically altered, uh, I think it was Omicron. I think they mixed... Like SARS-CoV, the original strain, the original strain of SARS-CoV-2 with uh, Omicron, they somehow said that they manipulated it and that it uh, created a 80% more lethal virus. And they did it based on these mice. They had 10 mice and they injected 10 mice and then killed them and then said that, well, eight of them died, the ones that they killed. So that was the virus that killed them, even though the scientists were the one who killed them. (laughs) It was was ridiculous. That's how they came up with their 80% figure. Unbelievable. And then they, they, ones that and signs, then they have they a then don't. they have a mechanism to get it to virtually every media outlet, everyone. Mm-hmm. And there's probably a handful like this one and others, a few others, you know, very small percentage that say, "Well, wait a minute." But other than that, they just they run with it, don't they? They just rock. They it, run with it. Rock exactly. Yeah. Boom. And it's it's frustrating because you see a lot of these people in like the health freedom movement, the ones that right. are uh, you know going against vaccines so to speak, and stuff like that, but they're still pushing this. They're still pushing the belief in they are. viruses. They're still pushing the mm-hmm. uh, belief in uh, bioweapons or, or the, the gain-of-function studies. I mean, uh, the Children's Health Defense mm-hmm. has been a huge promoter of just the the bioweapon angle. Or, or you'll see, like, the high wire with Del Bigtree really promoting this whole gain-of-function stuff. And the problem is you're, you're just creating more fear that way. Yes. You know, you're not adding any solutions you're just perpetuating a cycle of fear and the problem i have is a lot of these people and i'm not going to name names but they say that they read the science you know they're they're reading these studies if they did they wouldn't go around promoting this stuff yeah i mean it's clearly simple if you understand what science is and the scientific method these papers do not follow it at all whatsoever and so they can't claim that they're reading these papers and understanding science and then promoting it because there's no science going on within these papers, not natural science. So it's I'll name him, you know, Joe Rogan. I think he's one, you know, he yeah. seems like a pretty cool guy and is on top of stuff and willing to talk about a lot of things, but he still believes in germs, you know, so what are you going to do with that? You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, you, if you don't, if you don't get to the heart of that one, 
you're in La La Land forever, right? I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, you'll never see you'll never see the big picture. You're always going to be in a state of fear, and and then then you become a pawn, whether whether they're doing it intentionally or not. The the fact that they're promoting these ideas out there, they're a pawn of the 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 pharmaceutical industry. I mean, it keeps you know the people that are selling the fear sell the cure normally. That's the <laughs> right. pharmaceutical industry, and they have these different tentacles, whether it's through the alternate media or whatever, that are still promoting these concepts that are keeping people afraid. And so if you're going to believe that we have the ability to create these pathogenic viruses in a lab right. or alternate and in some release way, them somewhere. You're, yeah. Exactly. You're still going to go for the cures like ivermectin or, or uh, different drugs yeah. that can potentially harm you just as well as any, you know, the invisible pathogen that yeah. they're promoting. And I would suspect, I don't know. I mean, uh, I had, I had Dale Big Tree on the show and he's out of the Austin area and, and Rogan and RFK Jr. I, I suspect, I want to believe they're good people and they really believe this, yeah. though, right? I don't think they're bad people. I think they just don't read the science and since everybody else is running with it, that's what they talk about. You know, that's what they talk Absolutely. about. Absolutely, that's that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I don't, I, 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 again, one of them, I won't say who, <laughs> said that they read the scientific papers and it just struck me. I'm like, well, if you read these papers- You wouldn't be saying and this, you, right? no. you wouldn't be saying this stuff. And but then in the same breath, you said, well, I'm not a scientist. I'm not an expert in this stuff, but I read the papers. Like you can't, you know, either if you're going to understand it, understand the whole thing, look at, and, and at the very least, look into our side of the argument, you know, look at what the, the people, I know we've kind of been given this moniker, the no virus camp, right. but look at what we're seeing, you know, and and that's one of the, been one of the biggest frustrating things is not getting a, like an equal airtime on, on some of their platforms. Not myself personally, but others like Dr. Cowan, Dr. Kaufman, um, and and others that are speaking out don't get that platform normally, and uh, they don't get to get their message out there. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that. Uh, well, they've not been invited on any of the big shows, have they? The Cowans, I mean, I believe, Rogan, um, or I think I think one of them has on Big Tree, but. They didn't go very Yeah, Big deep. Tree had, I think, Kaufman on Kaufman. one time. Oh. But this was like way, like two, two, right. two and a half years ago or something like when this first started and never since. And to me, Dr. Kaufman, like when he first came on the scene, he presented the evidence so great. He's got a really um, excellent way of being clear and concise and, and you know, getting to the point, uh, laying out the facts. I don't know how anyone can not listen to Dr. Kaufman and say that needs to be investigated more what he's saying is very compelling i need to look into this and and see if uh you know get to the bottom of it and maybe have on some other guests like dr cowan who dr tom cowan who is amazing he can I, present in such I a love way his, that his, his 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 way that he does it too isn't it beautiful? analogies is they're anal amazing yeah <laughs> he's great I, I'm, I'm jealous of his ability to present this stuff and and the analogies i use because it, it you know it's it makes it much easier for people to understand these concepts and and yeah. so i would think at the very least they would have people like dr kaufman dr cowan and the baileys on uh just to present that side our our side what we're saying um to along with you know those who are believing in the uh, the bioweapon or the, the right. gain of function narrative uh, Mike Stone is with us. Uh, email if you'd like to be on the air. Our phone lines are still out. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Uh, Mike, we had uh, uh, two inches of global warming uh, 
on the ice, uh, global warming ice, and uh, it broke the lines, and they've been out for six weeks to get our 800 wow. I know, six weeks. And I call That's them every amazing. two or three days and say, what do you think, guys? They're, oh, we're working on it. Um, wow. uh, I interviewed uh, d- uh, attorney Tom Renz a couple days ago to see what he was up to, and God love him. I know he's a good guy, you know, but... Um, he, he said, and he said, well, I don't know, you know, there's a lot of different views on the virus and no virus thing, and he said, I don't know which one is right, right, stuff like that. And um, so right now he's a virus guy, and then he was telling me that he has, he gets ex- expert advice from either Malone or McCullough, right, these two guys. And I said, right. I said, Tom Rands, these people are virus dudes, they don't know what they're talking about, why would you listen to them? I told, I said that, because I'm getting tired right. of being nice, I mean, I, I wasn't being mean, but come on, how can you believe, you know, these people just believe in, in la-la land. Why would you take advice well, from them? And and they have <laughs> connections. They're, they're prof- in, in some ways, they're going to be profiting off the, the belief in a virus. Um, again, I won't, I won't say who, but, <laughs> you know, there, there's different things that they're working on that, that they will make money on for people believing in this. Um, so at the very least, if you're going to talk to experts like, uh, pe- experts, I use that loosely, right. um, like the people you mentioned, at least listen to the other side too. get, get the opinion of Dr. Kaufman, Dr. Cowan, the Baileys, um, Dr. Vollmer, all these people listen to their side too, what they're saying. And then you can come to, you know, hopefully your own conclusion, not just based on what these people are saying, but at least start to do some of your own research into it as well. You know, that, that's the problem. I think too many people rely on experts to form their own opinions versus really becoming informed themselves. You know, just doing the necessary legwork to, to read some of these things and and uh, create their own thoughts. Yeah. And so even, I, I'm always careful to say, you know, anyone who goes to my site, and read my read my articles. Don't just take my word for this stuff. That's why I'm very careful about sourcing where I get my information from because I want people to click on those links. I want them to read it for themselves and see if they come to the same conclusions. And so uh, that's very important to me. It's not to just uh, blindly believe in what I'm saying or anyone else. It's to actually use it as a starting point and to go into your own research. So. Uh- did you? Uh, how did you gain the the uh, the wherewithal to be able to read these these scientific papers and figure out if they were just making things up? How do, how do you know? I mean, do you just have to keep following the, the the bouncing ball till you get to truth? I think you know a lot of it was I was highly motivated to learn um, based on what a family member was going through, uh, and that spurred me just based on what this person was suffering from, I wanted to learn everything about it. And it also led me to questioning, it was because of the HIV AIDS diagnosis. And that led me to questioning whether this person really was diagnosed with it because it just didn't add up. And so that started a whole paradigm shift. And, um, you know, I think as far as the papers are concerned, I I was um, very influenced by Canadian researcher, David Crow, who was president of the Rethinking AIDS and, uh, movement and uh, Dr. Stefan Lanka's work and, and the Perth group. Um, so I already had some background knowledge from these people, but as far as reading the papers, I don't think I really started doing that 
as much. Um, I read some of the HIV papers, but when the whole COVID uh, thing started, I uh, immediately started reading these papers, like the the first ones that came out, the zoo, I'm, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing them, Zhao Zoo and uh, Park and the CDC papers, all these, um, the Fan Wu paper. I, I started reading them to see what the big fuss was about. Mm-hmm. And when you understand the chain of evidence, so there's the scientific method, right? There's a series of steps that um, researchers should go through in order for the data that's derived in these papers to be considered scientific. And um, that's kind of what I used as my barometer when I started reading these papers was not only did they adhere to the scientific method and that their conclusions were sound scientifically, but then when you're talking about pathogens, there's another set of criteria called Koch's postulates, yes. which is um, four logic-based criteria um, that are supposed to be fulfilled and satisfied in order for uh, any pathogen to be called, well, any microbe to be called a pathogen. And so I looked at these papers and I tried to see, A, if they followed the steps of the scientific method, and B, whether or not they were able to satisfy Koch's postulates. And none of them were. None of them were able to do either of those. Um, so it's uh, pretty interesting. We lead people as often as we can to Mark Bailey and Sam's, uh, Sam Bailey, and he wrote a, a paper at the end of vi- virology, virology, right? Farewell to virology. Like 85 yeah, pages, paper. which I sent to a printer and had it printed up and bound so I have a hard copy so I can read and make notes. Oh, that's awesome. It's pretty trippy. I mean, it's pretty geeky stuff, but if you read it slowly enough, you can begin to seep in, uh, you know. But this is a paper that he actually, they, this is what he used to try to go to court, right? And they just threw it out, my understanding. Oh, I didn't know about that part of it. Yeah. That's very possible. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's very technical. Mark really went into great detail. Did, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> when he did it, um, Eric Coppolino, I don't know if you're familiar with him, he's, he's an investigative uh, reporter. Um, he wanted to, he and Mark wanted to, or they decided to kind of do a, a abbreviated version of the paper, uh-huh. like hitting on the main points. And so I was asked uh, to help in that. And so I just went through like all 70 pages or whatever and took out the most important highlights. And it still ended up being like 19 pages of oh, information. Can I, can I get a copy of that? Do you have that? Yeah, definitely. I've got it on my site. I'll oh, send you the link. Oh, but, cool. Um, yeah. That's what I could use, yeah, like a, a, a condensed version of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's very technical, but we need that. You know, we need These are the people points. to sit there and point out the technical aspects and then hopefully others. I try to. I'm not very always very successful. I try to bring it down to a level that's kind of more for the layman. You know, people that are on the, you know, might not be as familiar with some of the uh, terminology mm-hmm. so that they can have a way in. But uh, yeah, it's a, it was a brilliant expose just showing all the, the you know, the various points of why mm-hmm. no one should have been believing in this virus, <laughs> SARS-CoV-2, or any virus. Nobody should be believing. Well, oh, maybe we could use the 19.1 as a, as a kind of a um, beat sheet for, our, for the film virus that we're going to do, right? Maybe, yeah. That would probably be a good to put the case together, you know, for, you know, put it. Yeah, it, it, mm. it was impressive. I mean, it, it's very uh, lawyer-like, it's just the way that he presents the information. I I, uh, I I 
appreciate everything Dr. Mark and Sam Bailey do. They're they're, <laughs> they're amazing. Every every week they have a new video yeah. out and uh, they're always brilliant. Yeah, I'm on their little Patreon thing and I get the little video. Did you see the show she did with the was it a, was it a German fellow or this? Um, oh yeah, that, Mar- Marvin Haberlin. Mar- yeah, Haberlin. Uh, what's his story? He kind of made a little headway in the courts, didn't he? Somehow. Yeah, I I I watched. I looked into that a lot in the past, um, or not a lot. I, I Dr. Cowan had him on for an oh. interview, and I it's been a while since I watched it, so I'm not completely 100 percent on the details. But I know he went to court. Uh, basically challenging them on the the existence of the virus um, and they uh, threw out the case basically they didn't because if you go to court you know then you have to you get what is it called discovery or discovery, something like that yeah. where you, you gotta come up with bring all, in all this information yeah they don't want that they don't want to have <laughs> the, the 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 fraud exposed in, in a public forum so of course you challenge them they're gonna throw it out they they they, they will take it to a point try and intimidate you and then they they threw it out so it, it was a victory in that sense um it would have been cra- great if he'd actually gotten them able to get into court and do the discovery process but at the very least it gives you that that kind of um assurance that they know that if you push them and you try to take it further they can't they don't have the evidence to prove their their side and there's so a big financial key to this as you well know if they can uh, uh, lawyer up and uh, with you know with uh, endless money, and they'll just they'll just beat oh, you yeah. down, man. <laughs> you know, but they do. Yeah, that's it's a, it, this a there's a lot of ways to rig the system, unfortunately. But you know, people like uh, Dr. Lanka, you know, he was successful with his uh, court case in uh, 2016 with the measles virus and. Um, there's been others who have challenged it through the legal system. And, and unfortunately, you know, they, they, you don't see these things in the headlines, like they're, they're not promoted, but, um, that's why we have to do it. And, and I'm glad that, uh, Sam and Mark had put that video out there in that interview just to, to put more eyes on it. And I know Christine Massey, yeah. uh, she had done some work spotlighting the Haberlin case as well. So. Uh, you know, if they're the mainstream media is not going to promote it, then we have to we do have it to. ourselves yeah. and get it out there for yeah. people to see because no one's going to know what it was. Dr. Cowan has, I picked up a little clip he did, and he's been talking about that. That he said, all of us alternative guys have, have to, we're going to have to pony up and really get smart on this thing and invite the McCullers and the, and, and the other people on the air. And, you know, ask them, do you have a study to prove this? And we're going to have to get smart enough because we're the only, you know, nobody else is going to do it, you know. I mean. Right. Unfortunately, we've tried with some of them. We've we've reached out to them and and tried to have a conversation. Um, You know, at one point, um, Alec, Zach, uh, who did the end of COVID, he and I and um, Eric Coppolino were actually going to have a conversation with a a guy um, that uh, was – uh, what was his name? I can't remember his name. <laughs> a scientist, and uh-huh. we were going to talk to him. He's a um, on the well. Anyways, it didn't it didn't go through. The guy backed out, unfortunately. Um, they, I know, uh, Doctor Cowan has reached out to people like Macola um, and uh, Malone. I believe. I know for a fact he's spoken with Steve Kirsch, who wanted um, 
Malone and McCall and all these people to debate, even with Christine Masti and, and Dr. Kaufman. I believe it even got up to the point where they uh, were, you know, agreeing to the terms of what the debate would be. And uh, then Steve Kirsch's side backed out. So they, they just don't want to have that discussion. Yeah. Because I believe they know that they don't have that evidence. Yeah. And it's going to be exposed. Cowan was suggesting in this little clip I heard, he, he said exactly what you said. He said, well, they're not going to interview us or Mike Stone or they're, they're not going to, you know, they won't get on the air with us, with with our crowd, but you independent journalists, well, I guess that's what I am, you guys can do it. They'll come on your show and they, don't, they won't know what you're going to ask them. <laughs> so we're probably going to have to step up. So I've been doing it. That is the way, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Uh, there was an interview with uh, Malone and uh, a guy named Brecht Arnott who, had gone in with intentions to to kind of challenge him on this and unfortunately the interview didn't go the way because malone's got a way of kind of uh taking control of the conversation uh, leading it where he wants it to go and yeah, yeah. I, I i talked to the guy afterwards it didn't quite go the way he had wanted to but it was still an interesting conversation nonetheless it gives you some insight into this but yeah i think uh people that um are kind of on the outside of the the no virus camp you know they you, you would have a more successful time of getting them to sit down yeah. and maybe discuss these things and ask them the tough questions that they won't allow us to ask them yeah uh, mike stone is with them. mike stay right there let's do a quick little break here and uh, promote a product or two and uh, we'll get back we have a couple emails here but if you have a question for mike stone uh, patrick at one radio network.com we've been doing a lot a little promotion here to encourage you to to support us um, even if you don't want to buy any products or don't have the money to, to buy products. Our sales have kind of, uh, oh, look at that, my camera's going south here. Let me put a new camera while I'm talking. Um, a, new, a new slide here. I gotta add a battery. So um, I can do it while I'm changing the battery. So what, we, what we've been uh, working on is is encouraging you, if you can, is to support us with a, a few bucks a month a month, and you can go on One Radio Network and go to our, um, our little donation thing, and you can do easily do, uh, sorry, it's a, little, it's a little awkward here, replacing this battery. I am such a non-geek that to this day, we haven't figured out how to hardwire this camera. Now, come on, it's 2023. You'd think somebody could figure that out. Well, we, <laughs> I, we bought about three or four different contraptions and uh, had geeks, and nobody's been able to figure it out. So the only way we can do it is to buy a new camera. And this one was expensive, so I'm not doing that. So we just do batteries. Anyway, that's my tale. So what we've been doing, and it's been working out, and we appreciate it, is to... Um, if you like what we're doing here and you can afford 10 bucks a month or 20 bucks or something, if you'd like to do that, that'd be great. Our sales, even though our listenership has uh, has increased or at least stayed steady, you know, everybody in the world's got their own podcast, so it's um, <laughs> challenging, but, um, which is great. I, I think it's terrific what's going on out there in the, in the, in the video world. But um, our sales have really gone down the last two or three, four months, even though our listenership has been up, so... I suspect folks are just having a hard time uh, with, uh, you know, buying food and making the house payment and 
and having that all working, you know, because inflation, I mean, it's real. I think the, the gov, the one we love, they say inflation is 5%. And if you really do the research and go to places like uh, that really, really do the, do the work, it's probably 15%. That's probably the fair number right now. So they just make up the number two, like everything else. And uh, they like to keep the number low. So when they up the, the uh, computer um, CPI uh, index, you know, price index, that they don't have to raise your, your uh, Social Security too much every year. So they tr- try to keep that number down. Anyway, so if you want to, re- you know, if you want to support us and and do a little donation once a month, you can do that on OneRadioNetwork.com. And the other way that we support ourselves, if I can find it, is we promote products, and we don't uh, receive any dollars for these commercials. We just get a, a buck or two or whatever we get, whatever we've worked out with them, you know, 10% or something on a, on an affiliate basis, so we get a little commish when you buy a product, like when you buy this product. We're talking with Brandon Amalani about his great product, the Blue Shield. Uh, and the Blue Shield is, uh, the main product is a cube, and it doesn't block the EMFs as some people think, right, Brandon? That's correct, it doesn't. It's, it's really about the communication of the device and the, and the body. And what we figured out is how to communicate with the body and amp it up. So it's affecting the cell voltage, it's affecting the intercellular communication, and uh, the most important part is that it's getting the body to stop fighting the EMF, which are repetitive signals in the environment. They're non-native, they're man-made, and the body raises white blood cell counts and, and attacks it like it's a virus, essentially. That's interesting. That's very, very different technology from most units around. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This uses uh, multiple scalar outputs, and, and it's really innovative, the scalar realm, because it's using crystal photonics or light to basically do this digital signaling that creates these longitudinal waves that move through time space and affect the subatomic structures between atoms. So as it moves and passes through your body, it's literally affecting the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual components of what we're made up of. Well, as you can hear, this is, this is interesting technology, very different and working on the cells in the body. Uh, the Blue Shield, it's on our website, front page, use promo code One Radio, little cube, take care of the whole house. They also have a little personal guy you can put in your pocket or purse. Blue Shield, promo code One Radio, OneRadioNetwork.com. Previously, we talked with Dr. Rulin Zhu about using Pearlsium on your teeth. You have to experience huh. it to yeah. believe it. <laughs> yeah, you do. That's what I've been saying to my listeners. I keep saying, can't even explain this. Just buy it. Just click on it and buy some. Trust me. Just trust me. And you're going to like the way your teeth look. <laughs> That's what I keep telling. Dentists, they did an experiment uh, on their uh, clients. And they literally prove and they literally show the picture every day. You know, when they take it in a few days, the tooth literally become, like you said, like a pearl pearl hmm. um like a pearl and it looks so beautiful and really white and shiny yeah it really works and hmm. it's also scientifically proven by the um, experiment and he literally proved it is not only good for your teeth he also proved it's also good for your gum try some of this pearl sim i think you're going to love it you can try it internally as well helps with sleep great way to get uh, absorbable calcium and also on your face uh, you'll see the green ad there the beautiful green container get the capsules or the powder 
Pearlsium, click and order oneradionetwork.com. About 20, 30 years ago, I interviewed a, a, a dentist who used to teach at dental school. His name was Dr. Jared Judd, J-U-D-D. And he sent me a whole thing that he used to teach with. And he, he experimented and he found that if you, this is crazy, if you, you talk about, you know, nothing is as it seems. If you use a toothpaste with glycerin in it, glycerin, it actually inhibits the tooth ability to remineralize. And it's in every toothpaste on earth. Glycerin, check out your toothpaste, look at the ingredient. It's right there, number one or two. I mean, come on. I mean, can you imagine the toothpaste industry doesn't know this? So whatever. So ever since then, I've always tried to find uh, toothpaste without glycerin. You can find if you really look, but it's very difficult because almost all, even all the natural ones, Tom's and all these people, they all put glycerin in there. So you don't want to use glycerin. It's not good because our teeth remineralize with just our saliva and everything, and they'll keep happy and snappy forever. And dentists would go out of business, and so what can I tell you? So... Uh, but this pearl seal is just pearl, real pearl, and uh, uh, there's nothing in there except pearl. And uh, it makes your teeth harder and, uh, and they're more pearly because what it actually does is it, um, um, it makes them harder and allows the light to come in and that puts the color of the teeth, which is pearl, and not white where, uh, you know, if you're in Hollywood, and you, they get all white. You've seen the Hollywood people do that. And they look a little weird because they just bleach them, right? They, they bleach them. But this is a pearl thing. That's what you want. It's kind of a pearl look to it. It's real natural. And it's all from the light. It's got nothing to do. You're not, you're not doing anything to your tooth. It's just a light thing. It's all light things, right? So check it out. Pearlsome. It's a great product. It's on our website. Get yourself some and uh, have, have, have a party. You'll, you'll like it. From the Hill Country in Texas. This is OneRadioNetwork.com. From Virology.com, Mike Stone. I mean, what's up with that? Have we, is there anything that the medical profession tell us that's true? I mean, after a while, you just wonder. You know? No, exactly. I was just thinking about that when you were th- talking. Well, uh, it's like everything that we do keeps these people in business, like yeah. the dentists, the eye doctors, the doc, you know, just regular doctors. I mean... I, I, in all honesty, the only thing that I feel like I can trust is maybe surgeons to a point, like if you're in a <laughs> you have to severe accident, yeah. you need some surgery. But yeah. even then, you know, I had a back injury a long time ago and uh, they wanted to do surgery on me and basically fuse my spine. And uh, I, they told me I need to do it and I avoided it. And I got a second opinion. The guy, the second opinion said, well, you can go either way. And then the third opinion I got said, don't do it. Wow. And basically, wow. if you if you you know fuse your spine, you go through this. By the time you're 50, which I was like uh, I think 30 at the time, uh-huh. your whole spine's gonna be fused. And so they're all in it, you know, for money. Unfortunately, I'm not not saying all of them. There are a lot of honest doctors out there too, and everything. But you know, it's uh, uh, there's a lot of dishonest ones, and you have to be very careful. And I think too, a big part of it, Mike, is that the the medical schools, dental schools, they're so intertwined with big pharma that they're just mm. taught bad information. These guys come out of school and they don't know. They, you know, they're taught about germs and they're taught about, you know, even the ophthalmologists are taught where well, you give them glasses and we know that just makes your eyes weaker. 
We know that. Exactly. It's been proven. And you just yep. got to keep stronger glasses because your eye is just like walking on crutches. I'll, I'll, I'll just be honest right now. I'm, I had really bad eyes. I've been for the last four years not wearing glasses. I'm not wearing them right now. I've been letting my eyes improve okay. naturally. Uh, doing, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Bates method. Sure, I know it uh, well. I know it well. Yeah, and so I, you know, it's been a long process. It, it has improved a lot. It would improve a lot more if I could get my phone out of my face. <laughs> but um, you know, it's just a matter of uh, really not like the things that, like you said, the things that they're put in front of us, like glasses. Um, they, I think when they originally were made, they weren't supposed to be used on a permanent basis. It's just kind of like a crutch yeah. every once in a while. Um, but now, yeah, you use them. They basically take over. Your body forgets how to use your eyes properly. The muscles get weaker and they just get worse. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's a system that's designed in many ways to, uh, unfortunately make our, our lives less healthy. Um, Here's an email. This one is a good one from Abby. I've heard the pros and cons of ivermectin that some people say it's actually dangerous. How can so many be people taking ivermectin and feel like they cured COVID in parentheses even though we know there's no COVID? Ha, ha, ha. Thanks, Mike. Okay, so that's a good question. I, you know, I don't understand this ivermectin thing. Yeah, I mean, anyone you know, can get an effect like a, a relief of symptoms. I, I think if you look at it from the uh, train theory perspective, your your symptoms are your body trying to obviously get the poisons out of you, right? Right. You're experiencing some symptoms. It's you've added a, a toxic overload. And so now you're trying to express and expel these uh, poisons that have built up in your body. And so if you take a medication that's actually toxic and you're putting it into your body that's already in a toxic state, it will shut down that healing process. And so, yeah, you might relieve your symptoms, but are you really healing yourself or are you just setting yourself up for future, uh, even worse symptoms down the road? I, I think, um, I believe I talked to you about this last time because I, I just listened to it at the, right before we spoke, but mm. there's this, is it Don Tolman, I think? Tolman, um, yeah, I remember a, him, yeah. Yeah, I had a video about explaining this, how we're in this perpetual cycle of, you know, um, you have a small symptom and you take a medicine to relieve that small symptom. And then a little while later, that symptom, your body is not able to get rid of what was causing that symptom. And so then you go in this, you know, worse uh, symptoms of disease and you try to take something else to cure those. Your body's not able to expel the toxins. So then you get even worse symptoms. And it's just this constant cycle of, you know, trying to treat symptoms and, and getting rid of them. When if you allow your body to actually go through that process on its own, you'll be able to clear yourself out just fine without taking any medication. Anything. Or um, any any natural substance either. I mean, I think yeah. herbs and all that are good for keep people stronger and some of the things we promote and colostrum. But I, I then the more I talk to you, show me the virus people and think about the body and how it works, I, you know, I don't know what the body knows what to do if you pile up with I don't know, 500 milligrams of zinc every day because you think it's good for you. I mean, wh right. what does it do to the body? I mean, we don't know. You know, we just buy this stuff. We exactly. We don't. We don't. And, and you know, the, the problem is I think they've, they've successfully told people that we can't get the nutrients or, or what we need right. based on food alone. And, and it, yeah, if you're eating crap all the time, 
you're probably not going to be very healthy, but you can live a healthy lifestyle as long as you're eating uh, an appropriate lifestyle, you know, eating clean organic foods, drinking clean water, making sure you get plenty of exercise, get out in nature, get in the sunlight, do all these things. We don't need, um, I I think there's very few supplements that we really honestly do need. um, And I wouldn't even know which ones are, you know, who would know ones that are necessary. Yeah. But one thing I do know is that pharmaceuticals are not necessary. We, our bodies were not designed to take in these these chemicals. Our bodies are smart. They, it, 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 the body knows what to do. It was designed intelligently. So we don't need to help it along with a vaccine. You know, we don't need to help it along with uh, ivermectin or remdesivir and all these things that are known to, to cause serious side effects in, in a lot of people. And so you're really running the risk. Uh, yeah, you might get some symptom relief from some of these things, but you're running the risk of setting yourself up for future disease mm-hmm. or having more severe symptoms at that time. Yeah. We've been doing some th- work with just pure water and a lot of uh, real authentic sea salt just for all the minerals and having some pretty good experiences right. with that. Really interesting. Yeah. I've been working with this dark oh, yeah, check. Interesting. Yeah, I, I use sea salt. That's all. I won't ever touch like iodized salt or anything like, you know. Um, but water, I, I use a reverse osmosis system um, just to make sure that I'm always drinking uh, as clean of water Good as stuff. possible. It's got like four different filters. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, if people really want to take care of their health, don't invest in the drugs. Go invest in getting clean water and, and making sure you have clean food and, and making sure you're active. Those are the main things. And, and managing your stress, you know, yeah. trying to deal with that in a, a, a healthy way as possible. Being able to live here without going bonkers, which is my, my challenge, right? And I have to really watch myself of what I get involved in spiritually and emotionally. I'm really weaning off almost Great. everything these days because every article, you have no idea where it comes from. And it's pretty much all just made up anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I, I think that's a big part of it. It's a spiritual war, it's yeah. a psychological, yeah. a spiritual war. And when you're sitting there and you're reading these negative headlines all the time, or the ones that are just based on fear, it's going to keep you in that, that, that mind frame mentally and spiritually. And, and that can drain on you, that can attack your health and it can affect your personal relationships. It can affect your whole life. And so, yeah, we definitely have to be cognizant of what we're, we're consuming just through our own, you know, media. Um, an emailer here is suggesting she, she would like to see more of a discourse in the open public forum um, to the masses where you had this um, germ theory versus um, terrain theory uh, idea. Is there really black and white between germ and terrain or um, off? As far as like the, the main difference the between main the difference, two? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, with germ theory, you're obviously looking at outside invaders, you know, whether it's bacteria or or viruses or parasites and, and different things that are coming. Those are the cause of, of your disease. One one specific virus, one specific bacteria, one specific whatever is causing this set of symptoms. Uh, train theory says it's not the outside invaders. It's what we are doing to our own body through our own actions. You know, it places... germ theory takes away the responsibility of the individual for their own health and it's always these these outside invaders and then you can go get take a medication or a pill or something 
to to bring yourself back to health, which really you don't. You're just po- further poisoning yourself. Train theory puts the responsibility back on the individual. It's what we are doing to ourselves. What we've eaten, uh, or does it take into account, uh, Micah, how much stress we we get involved in? Absolutely. Does it do the whole thing? So terrain yeah. is a good yeah, yeah. a good word for it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The stress, you know, whether you're getting enough sleep, whether you're exercising regularly, you know, um, whether you're you've got a healthy spiritual life, you know, different. It takes into account Everything. a lot of factors. It's not just one specific factor that causes disease. It's not, you know, this invisible pathogen. It's potentially multiple things that could lead you to a sense of being in a, a toxic state. I see. So, what yeah, are, there's a lot. To what are some of these? I've been wanting to ask you this. Like if, in Africa, what are some of these uh, disease pandemics that they go through? I was trying to recall some of them. What, what first thing comes to mind when you think about what I'm saying? Like, um, uh, well, like dengue fever, Ebola, Ebola all those? Yeah, or? all those kind of things. Or there's more popular ones than that even. Um, anyway. Malaria? So, malaria, that's what I was trying to think of. So what do you think these things are? Do we know? Is there any real science behind them? What causes well, I mean, these things? It's, it's very, again, a lot. if you look into these diseases, um, almost all of them share the same symptoms. Right. Uh, I, like malaria um, is very similar to other diseases. Ebola, you know, Ebola is a fun one because they even say if pregnancy can mimic the symptoms of oh, Ebola virus. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so there, there's there's not specific symptoms. They just claim a specific cause. And I believe if I remember correctly with malaria, it's um, uh, some sort of parasite, right? That's tick-borne. I, I have to look outside of virology a little bit so. more. could be the tick guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and there's no evidence that, uh, uh, or maybe it's not, is it a tick? Whatever it oh, is, a mosquito, like, mosquito, mosquito, mosquito. mosquito. Thank yeah. you. Yes, excuse me. Yeah, I, I say mosquito. So yeah, it's okay. a mosquito. the The world's most dangerous predator is the mosquito. I, I think is what they say because they're they're linked to all these diseases. You get a mosquito bite, and it causes malaria, malaria, or some other uh, disease, which is absolutely ridiculous. There's no evidence that us getting bit by a mosquito can cause disease. Um, but I think most of these, especially if you're going to look at, you know, in Africa, yeah. a lot of it's got to be um, there's links to malnutrition. You know, they're not getting the appropriate foods. They're not eating clean foods, clean water. They don't have clean water supplies. A lot of them have un- unfortunately unhealthy or unsanitary living conditions. Yes, and, I mean, their lives aren't, aren't like ours. And so they might express these diseases a little differently. But then we also have to remember that they're coming in there and a lot of these these people these villagers are getting you know vaccinated Vaccinated. against yeah or getting all these different drugs like um my mother-in-law used to take uh because whenever she was sick she was told that bactrim was what she needed to take uh basically popping them like they were tylenol and it was it's a very dangerous drug and (laughs) she didn't know any better so you know i i think a lot of it is just that uh, they they are kind of put in these situations where they don't have healthy living conditions, healthy environments, and then they're taken advantage of, unfortunately, by these companies or like the Gates Foundation going in and trying to Sell, vaccinate the everyone. World, right? these yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, right. and uh, these missionaries coming in with different drugs and here you take this, 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 and uh, this will get you better. When in, in fact, it's not. It's doing the exact opposite. They're not being, you know, shown a way to live 
healthier or they're not being helped into a better living situation. Yes, sir. So that you could know, explain why millions, say, in Africa could have this whole malaria thing going on because of everything you just mentioned. That's how it could all happen at the same time. Oh, right. Yeah, definitely. And like the, the AIDS crisis or HIV AIDS in, in Africa, mm -hmm. they don't even need a positive test. They can just say, well, if you're vomiting and you have some weight loss, that's AIDS or HIV. You know, they'll, they'll diagnose you positive just like that. It's completely different. The dynamics there are different than what we see here. Um, you know, someone can test positive uh, in one country and not be positive in another. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, there's a um, there's no evidence again, scientific evidence that any of those diseases, for one thing, are any different. They're very similar symptom wise. You if you go through them, almost all of them have the exact same. They have overlapping symptoms, um, and there's no evidence that any of them are caused by whether it's a virus or a bacteria or an, uh, a mosquito. mosquito. And so, and then if you add in all the movies and the common belief that people say malaria, that it, most people believe that you've breathed in some germ and that's how you get malaria, right? right? And that's, there's no evidence to that. Well, tuberculosis, I, I think uh, malaria like is, uh, is uh, the mosquito, but like something like tuberculosis, they believe that they're, you know, someone who is diagnosed with tuberculosis who might be coughing and sweating and they're coughing all the time and they're shooting out mm -hmm. millions of these bacteria. And if you're around them, you inhale it, you get infected and then you're going to come down with the same disease. But again, when you look into something like tuberculosis, 90% of the cases, the 90% of the people that the bacteria is found in have no symptoms whatsoever. So you can, 90% of the people, excuse me for interrupting, but you can go in and, and find this TB bacteria, they, it's a bacteria, and they have, yep. they have no symptoms. Yeah, healthy people have the, the bacteria in them, and they will never develop the disease. And they, the, they, you can find this on the, the CDC and the WHO, they wow. admit it. They say of those 90%, like maybe 5 to 10% might develop symptoms. And... Uh, it's even less that go into severe symptoms. And and just from a personal experience, I lived with someone who had tuberculosis uh -huh. at the height, uh, well, diagnosed with tuberculosis. There's, you know, no such thing as the bacterium causing, but it was at the height of this person where they were, you know, sweating, coughing, and uh, we were living together for a few months. I should have been infected. My wife should have been infected. My son should have been infected. The people who came and visited us should have been infected. No one came down with tuberculosis no not a single person and you see that all the time there's no evidence of any sort of human to human transmission of these diseases and when you look at the vast majority of these cases being found in healthy people these bacteria or these viruses whatever it goes against common logic and it goes against Koch's first postulate which i mentioned earlier which is that if you're going to claim something is pathogenic it should only be found in those with the disease not in those who are healthy so when you're finding these microbes in people that are healthy, that should show you logically, at least in that instance, that it's not causing disease, especially when it's in the vast majority of them. So yeah, it's, uh, it's just a big racket. So, and I, th I think the same thing has happened with ticks and Lyme. I don't think there's any yep. evidence that you can get bitten by a tick and have something called Lyme's. And we get emails all the time of people are chasing some kind of remedy to cure their Lyme disease. I don't even know. Yeah, it's, I mean, what is that about? It's the same symptoms of this. Uh, was it syphilis, Syphil lupus, 
Um, what was the other one? Leprosy. Huh. All the same. Syphilis, lupus, leprosy, HIV, AIDS, all those have the same exact symptoms, but they just say it's caused by a different thing. So they can, you know, say, well, in the case of HIV, AIDS, or when, when HIV, AIDS came around, uh, syphilis was kind of big going into that. And then HIV, AIDS took, uh, you know, center stage and the syphilis cases went down. So they were able to set, take the same symptoms and rebrand it as a new disease and then claim that uh, had, there was a new pandemic. had medicine for it. Yeah. Then they brought in AZT, right? Yeah. And that was supposed to help make people live longer, even though it did the exact opposite and killed them faster. But at that time, AIDS cases they, and HIV started going down. Syphilis went right back up. They started diagnosing syphilis again. Then there was like this period where syphilis went back down, HIV went up because of the AIDS was killing everyone and making them start not AIDS. The AZT was. AZT. And so then they came out with less toxic drugs, the antiretrovirals, and then it went back down. HIV went down, syphilis went back up. So they just take these, you know, the same symptoms of disease, label it one way or the other, and they try to make it look like these treatments are effective, and then they're really not. It's It's... Hard to explain, but it's, it's just no, a, you did a good job. A magic trick <laughs> that they have going on. Did they have a PCR? It, did they have a PCR type test, Mike Stone, for the AIDS thing that they would have them do a test, a swab or something, and say you've got the HIV virus? They did. did yeah, they? I mean they they did. Uh, you know, they had like three different tests. There, PCR was one of them. They had uh, an antigen test and an antibody test. Um, and at least with. Uh, HIV, when you really look into these these tests, uh, the manufacturers admit that uh, just getting a positive result on one of their tests is not evidence that you're infected with HIV. And so what they do is and they say, well, you have to test, like, let's say you have a positive result on an antibody test, even though that test in and of itself can be triggered positive by multiple conditions. There's like over 70 of them, pregnancy being one of them, tuberculosis being one of them, like all these conditions can result in the same uh, positive test, which is, so it's not very specific. So what they say then is, well, we have to do an antigen test. You test positive that, then we'll do a PCR test. They have to confirm it with multiple tests. The problem is none of them are specific. None of them were calibrated and validated to an actual virus. They, they just uh, create these tests and say they claim that they're detecting the virus. And then if you have you know positive one here, positive one there, that's evidence that you have the virus when it's not. It's just a fraudulent test result. Wow. So an antibody test, they, they show these antibodies, and the argument is that you have created antibodies because you have this thing that wants to go after. These antibodies are there because you've got something in your body. And they're supposed to protect you. They're to, supposed to protect yeah. But that's fraudulent, yeah, right? That's, that's all made up. Right. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, when you really look into antibodies, they're, they're entirely theoretical they've never been proven to exist there they have um around six or seven different theories trying to explain how they actually form and function and they don't really even have pictures they, they've never purified and isolated antibodies just like they've never done that with viruses but the thing which is interesting about hiv is that it's the exact opposite like normally if you have an antibody test and they you know it triggers positive that means that you've been infected in the past, your body 
created these antibodies, got rid of the infection, and now you're supposed to have some form of immunity, right? Right. You're supposed to be protected. But HIV, if you trigger positive with an antibody test, it means you're sick with HIV and you're going to die. It's the exact opposite. So the antibodies aren't protecting you. It's a sign that you're actually sick and that you're eventually going to get HR AIDS. It's it's they can't even keep their fiction straight. <laughs> it's amazing to me. So this idea of is the idea of natural immunity. That's a little bit of a false flag as well, right? Because there's nothing we need to be immune against. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. No, we, we don't. We don't have. You know, there's nothing in our body has. If you're talking about immunity in a sense, like you can. We're okay the way we create, are. We're we're good. We're you good. can create health. Yeah, you can create health and and be, uh, you know, create a state of um, being not sick. But you can't be immune anytime you go into a point of, uh, you know, toxic a toxic state. You'll you'll experience symptoms of disease. Uh, but there's nothing to be immune from as far as outside invaders. There's nothing. Nothing. Like you can't. Nothing. No, you can't keep yourself immune from uh, bacteria or a virus or, or a parasite or anything like that. And in all honesty, when they first um, were looking into antibodies, the, there was these two researchers. One was um, a guy named Emil von Behring, and they actually thought it was, uh, and another was a Japanese guy, but I can't remember his, his name, unfortunately. But uh, when they were looking into it, Behring actually thought there was this invisible substance that was protecting animals from uh, diphtheria bacteria. Mm-hmm. The other guy working with them said, well, it wasn't that. It's that they're being habituated to poison because they were poisoning these animals and then giving them uh, like a, a, a compound. I can't remember what it was, but something that was supposed to relieve the symptoms. So they would gradually increase the poison and then decrease how much of the, the cure they were giving them and then claiming that their body was creating antibodies and protecting them. But it wasn't. It was just like basically, you know, how an alcoholic you keep drinking, your body starts to become more and more efficient at relieving the alcohol, right? Or mm-hmm. expelling it from the body. The liver gets uh, more efe- efficient at helping you detoxify. But there will come a point if you keep drinking more and more and more that you get sick and you can die. So you're not becoming immune to alcohol. You're just building up a more efficient system to expel it. But there comes a point you take in too much you're going to die. Hmm. You're going to create illness or disease. So there's nothing really to be a- immune from, but you can kind of build up some uh, tolerance, so to speak, to these toxics, toxic toxic um, things that we put into ourselves. Right. So this is Cheryl. She said, so am I, I'm here, is, am I supposed to believe that there are no bacteria or even parasites that can hurt me? is what she said. Well, I mean, bacteria and parasites exist. There's just no evidence that they can <laughs> cause disease. You know, it's it's basically a game of correlation equaling causation. So they might find someone with a series of symptoms and, and find the bacteria in them, and then they say, well, that person, uh, that bacteria is what caused that person to be sick. But, like I said, when you're finding 90% of the people who have that bacteria in them are healthy, that shows you it's not a pathogen. It's not causing disease. It's just in them. It's a. It's not an outside invader either. Most of the, these bacteria are within us. They're, They're within a part us. of us, and we can have them at any time. Um, 
Same way with parasites. Same way with parasites, Mike. Same Same with parasites. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a guy, um, Daniel Reutus. He's got a site called Humanely. Uh, He's gone into a little more in depth with parasites. Unfortunately, I haven't looked into them as much. I've been focused mostly on viruses and I've kind of delved into the bacteria more recently. But he's shown that the same thing applies to parasites. They haven't really ever shown that parasites can cause disease. They're just, it's a symbiotic relationship. And what's his name? Daniel Reutas, R-O-Y-T-A-S. And the site is H-U-M-A-N-L-Y, I believe. Oh, kind of like a... It's either L-Y or L-E-Y. Humanly, but yeah. Daniel yeah. Reutas. Sounds like somebody we should get on. Yeah, I, I get the It would fe- be excellent. Yes. I get the yeah. feeling that parasites are just there to help us in some way and they get blamed for a lot of stuff <laughs> exactly that most wow. of the things that they're finding in people they're they're caught blaming it as a part uh, you know the cause of these diseases when in fact and like i said what that does is it takes away personal responsibility and it gives them the option to say well here's your cure this yeah. is the thing that's going to take care mm-hmm. of that that parasite or that that bacteria or that virus that's inside of you versus you going and making the necessary lifestyle changes that you need to do to be a, in a healthy state. So yeah. it just takes away responsibility from the individual. I mean, they weren't promoting healthy living throughout this pandemic. It was, here's your ivermectin, here's your remdesivir, wear this mask, uh, stay inside, you know, yeah. uh, everything, take your vaccine. Everything they could do was their products, their thing. It wasn't get out, get healthy, be active, eat right. They just don't do. They want us in a completely different mind frame. But even God love them. Most of natural, all these natural guys, and I know a lot of them, and they've got these websites and podcasts. They're still all over this parasite thing. We got to kill them. And I, you yeah. know, it doesn't it resonate with me. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I haven't seen any good evidence as far as uh, that the the parasites are there to do us harm. I mean, it's just a. Uh, a matter of sometimes you have these things in you and and they they get the blame of yeah. course but whether or not it's been proven that they are the cause is the, the the problem you can't look at an effect and claim a cause another another one similar to what you said about the bacteria is h pylori we all have this mm. pretty much everybody's exactly. got an h pylori thing in there i don't know what it is it's probably there for a reason yeah. but it doesn't mean exactly. you, it doesn't mean you've got any symptoms no, exactly. That's another one that's very highly asymptomatic. Uh, you know, it's found in everyone. Um, yeah, I've actually, what I've done is I've been going through a lot of these bacteria and a lot of them anywhere from like 25 to 50% all the way up to like 90% are asymptomatic. And so, um, basically meaning healthy people, they're not, they're not sick with disease. They're, they're not walking around and spreading disease. That's just a, a giant hoax in of itself. The, the, I call them the healthy sick. There, there's no such thing. You can't be, uh, if you're if you're asymptomatic, that means you have no signs of illness. If you have disease, that's signs of illness. You can't have asymptomatic disease. It's an oxymoron. It doesn't work. But, <laughs> of course, they try to push that on everyone. I was just visioning you and Cowan and Kaufman with the round table with Tucker Carlson when he gets 100 million people. You know, I mean, that would be cool. You know, that, that would, would be, be interesting. That'd be cool. Yeah, uh, maybe now that he's outside of Fox, maybe he'd be willing to talk to us. Well, uh, that'd he, be. I think cool. the word around the campfire is going to do uh, Twitter, and you know, oh, really? yeah, Musk is going to. They don't. He doesn't care. You know, just rock and roll, and he'll probably have ten times the audience on Twitter than he had on Fox. 
Oh, I imagine so. I think a lot of people follow him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Foxy had like 3 million tops. Twitter, you could probably do 30 million after a couple months because there's that, that many people are on Twitter. So that's where there I think is. he's going. Yeah, he's going to. He's going to kick some booty. He'll be fine. <laughs> He'll yeah. Be- <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. That's for sure. But yeah, if you, if you ever wanted to interview any of us, oh, I, think, I don't think anyone would turn it down. No, I don't think so. Well, here we are, 2023. What are you up to now? Where are you going next? Are you going to, what are you going to do? Me, myself, personally? Yeah, yeah personally. What, well, what are you into now? Like I said, we're finishing up this end of COVID. End um, of COVID. I'm still working on a few presentations. I've got one tomorrow and a few next week that we're we're finishing up right before the launch. Um, so that's a big part of it. Obviously, I'm still writing articles on Substack and uh, yeah, also yeah. trying to do some more. Tell folks how oh, they can sorry. do that because I get yours. I really like it. How can they do that? Substack. Oh, the Substack? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can just go to, I believe it's just mikestone.substack.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it was started as kind of like a companion piece to the virology website, but it's taken over a little bit. Um, but yeah, you can sign up on there. You can get emails. Uh, I try to get them out uh, once a week uh, with some informative emails. And uh, every once in a while, I'll do what I call the Uncovering the Corona Fraud series, yeah. which uh, just goes into a lot of my old posts that I did on Facebook uh, that uh, kind of highlights the evidence as, as it went along um but yeah on that site my Substack, i typically focus mostly on bacteria but there's a lot of other uh different topics just the virology site is more for the the papers the scientific papers I for see. um virus but i am going to transfer they, they, they they're supposed to work hand in hand uh both sites and some of those articles on Substack, i will be transferring over to virology and vice versa but um yeah, so just another avenue. If, if you want some of my research, you can go to Substack and get a, a weekly newsletter. Oh, that's fun. But so I'm, I'm still doing that. I'm still doing virology. Sadly, that's kind of suffered a little bit just because of the workload with Substack and then the, the end of COVID. And then um, in the meantime, I've been in the planning stages of doing a book. Oh, cool. Um, Good. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I was supposed to start it a, a few months ago, but then my son broke my laptop. <laughs> so that uh, kind of set me back a little bit, um, but I do hope once the we've got the end of COVID, you know, in the book, I will start working on that as well. So um, there's a, there's a few things in the pipeline. Sure, sure. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on the end of COVID. That's going to be June June twentieth. That'll be the the website, theendofcovid.com. Folks can yes. go there and sign up. And do. You, you said there's going to be like 80 different episodes in this thing? 88. Uh, the, the, la- oh. the last count that I had, I mean, that, that's um, the last count that I know was 88. It, it, it's kind of, it's still in flux because we're still working on it. Um, I don't know if they're going to have more or, uh, or whatever, but um, that's where it's at right now. And it's, it's very, very much uh, hitting on every single topic that you can think of. And not only just, you know, exposing germ theory and, and virology, but also talking about what you know the train theory and also what people can do to to help themselves and right. other ideas other theories that you know are out there that might not be explored because everyone's so focused on the germ and the virus they're not looking at other alternatives they're not looking at other avenues and so there there's other people out there that are doing work um very interesting work that are going to be discussing it in this series 
cool. as well. Are you are you seeing a growing number of people, whether or not they have a degree, who cares? Because I know you don't, and who cares? You know, you're probably more trustworthy if you don't have a degree, because <laughs> you haven't been brainwashed, right? Are you finding more people that know what they're doing and the research that are waking up to show me the virus idea? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. yeah. Uh, I've I so I ventured into Twitter in December. I was always afraid of going into that just because I've seen some of my friends that go in there and it's just kind of like everyone attacks. But there I've met so many amazing people just off of Twitter alone um, who are out there that are extremely knowledgeable, know what they're talking about, going through and, um, you know, engaging with scientists and, and different people and showing them the, the faults. Uh, there's debates going on every day off of Twitter. Uh, I've met brilliant people through telegram mm -hmm. um there's a lot of people one one great thing about substack is i think there's a it's an easy way for people out there to get a voice and to um reach a wider audience and i've seen a lot of people that uh are, are very smart that are getting out there and, and promoting the message through substack as well so i it's it's growing it's a, definitely a growing community and, and you know the more the merrier uh, the we, we need to get this message out there in whatever avenue, whether it's through a podcast, whether whatever, it's through, right? through a blog, yeah. a documentary, a summit, whatever it is, we, we need to get the message out there so that they can't do this again in the future. That's the whole point. So when we say the end of COVID, even though it's specifically about, you know, the title is COVID, it's about the end of germ theory. It's the about end of the germ end of broad. Theory. Yeah. We need to stop this right now, nip it in the bud so they can't be doing this to us again. And it looks like Musk is on track to do a whole platform for um, uh, content providers like you and I um, to go on there and do up to an hour videos and and have a way to make oh, really? a, yeah I had a way to make a money on it too. He's going to monetize oh. it. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know about that. Yeah, that's all new. I think Co I think Tucker has been you know been the been the uh, the motivation uh, for him to do that. Because he wants Tucker on there, but Tucker, you know, they, he's getting he's getting offers for a hundred million dollars over five years, you know, which is, you know, oh, wow. of course, that's he was making more at that at Fox, but he didn't feel I didn't yeah. feel to me like it's a, about money for him. He he just wants oh, to, I, I don't he just wants to rock and roll now, man. He, I think they've unleashed <laughs> a, the Pandora's box with him, <laughs> and oh, Rupert Very Murdoch well will someday rue the day that they fired him. <laughs> Why did we let him go? That's right. I wish we still had him. At least we could control him a little bit now. I mean, what? Yeah. Are, you know, it's pretty crazy out there. It's, let the dog off the leash. Boy, yeah, they let them get you into trouble. <laughs> well, brother, it's always fun talking to you. I certainly appreciate oh, yeah. that you come on when I invite you from time to time. You're so fun to talk to, and it's a. Uh, it's really great. So thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you having me on again. It's always a pleasure. Virology. How do you spell it? V-I-R-O-L. How do you pronounce it? I made it as difficult as possible. Yeah, you made it as difficult. But it's, it's Virology. It's kind of a spin on the word. You know, Lig. Yes. Okay, I think we should all go. I think should we, should we should all do like a vacation to New Zealand and meet up. I mean, what do you That'd think? We could talk about, we could get we could get the you know the whole crowd down there, you know, and meet up with the babies. That would be really fun. Wouldn't it be fun? Yeah, yeah. it would. See, a lot of a lot of minds getting in there, getting some ideas, and yeah, having a creative jamboree. Well, I'm going to get super rich, and I'm, I'll just pull that off and get all you all that are going to work in the, in the in the on the film, and we'll just all go down to New Zealand and and talk about it for a, for a, a, 
four days or something like that. You know, I, I've always wanted to visit New Zealand. I mean, ever since I saw the Lord I of the Rings, I, I was like, I knew it was filmed there, and it's beautiful. I'm go. jealous of Mark and Sam. I need to go visit. And now that they've taken the, I think uh, today or tomorrow, they're taking the whole vaccine thing off so you can go in and out without getting injected. Oh, are they? Yeah. That's good. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Definitely. They weren't going to do it, and boy, they were getting heat from everybody around the world saying, man, I don't want to do it yet, and I want to come to the United States, but I don't want to. And somehow they talked to old, old Joe into doing it. You know, <laughs> About time. Oh, should yeah. never have happened in the first no, place. It's just terrible. All right, Mike Stone, yeah. thanks a lot. I uh, love you. Well, Take care you. of yourself. Let me know if you need something. You as well. Okay? Take care. Sounds great. Bye bye. You too. Bye. Mike Stone, he's a good one, huh? It's nice to have uh, men around the house that are doing work for us. Yeah, that, see, I just got this idea that just came in right now because we're going to do a film. I'm going to write the screenplay, and we have about 10 people now, like Mike, who are going to contribute to it. And they're going to be consultants on the screenplay. And we're going to cut them in on the money when we sell it, of course. And uh, that's what we should do, is just do like a weekend or four days in New Zealand and strategize and talk about it. Man, see? Okay, we need to raise money for that little trip. Could be expensive. Oh, well, it's always something. There's enough money running around out there. I don't think money's a problem. It's just a distribution problem. It's only about $40 trillion out there. and <laughs> It's not like there's a shortage of money. All right, kids, uh, I love you all. Thank you. Thanks for your support. Uh, appreciate it. Just got an email in. And I won't read their name because I'll embarrass them. But Hi, Patrick and Mike. I just donated $100 through PayPal. Oh, my God, $100? I absolutely love your shows, and the content has helped me and my family mentally spiritually, and most importantly, health-wise. I'm a big supporter of the No Virus Terrain uh, team. Keep exposing the lies. Thank you so much. Oh, 100 bucks. Wow, man. Wow. Thank you so much. $100. Dude, we can go to the farmer's market and buy some food now. We were going to go anyway. We can buy more food. See, I mean, what are you, how, how, you know, what are you going to do with that? How do you even explain the goodness of that? Thank you very much. You get me crying here. Okay, kids, I'm going to take uh, tomorrow off. We have a lot of work to do on our screenplays, and always, and I will see you on Friday, and we'll have plenty to talk about. Thanks for your ongoing support. Um, think about some products if you like anything on our website. That's how we make a commission. But don't buy anything if you don't, you know, if you don't need it. Uh, you know. If you can you can support us by sending us a few bucks, you know. You don't have to send us a hundred. Um, okay. I'm feeling better than ever. I really, I think there's something to this Darko Velchek um, sea salt and water protocol. Uh, the show is on BitChute and also on our, our website. Check it out. We go through the whole thing piece by piece. There's something to this. So far, I'm, I'm really liking it. Okay, kids, I love you. Take care. Thanks. Stay out of trouble. Good luck with that. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. <laughs>